This is Estelle Johnson, and you're listening to Follow Your Spirit. going on spear fam i am timothy lawson host and founder of follow your spirit this is uh what's today june 15th i don't remember which week it is of the season and it's hard to keep track with the 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 bye weeks and whatnot but uh we're just coming off of a 1-1 draw against boston going into a sold out crowd at the plex this saturday against the orlando pride Today's episode is going to feature some of the post-game audio from the Boston game, as well as an interview with Estelle Johnson. So I'm just going to get to it. Here is the post-game interviews from Coach Beard as well as Coach Gabera uh, after the 1-1 draw in Boston. Coach, can we get a uh, general assessment of the game and how it went from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I was um, I was pleased, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, Washington are a good side. They've got lots of players that can cause you problems. Um, I was disappointed with the goal. I felt we showed a little bit too much respect in the build-up to it. Um, but we responded fantastically after that. And um, I thought it was an entertaining game. It was end-to-end. Um, but from our perspective, it's a good point. Um, and I just said to the players after the game now, we need a little bit of consistency. You know, we've... We've picked up four points out of a possible nine in the last three and we've just got to make sure that we show a little bit of arrogance within within ourselves and that's something that we should be expecting to do sort of going forward, whether it's winning games or whether it's uh, drawing games. Coach, it seemed like both you and Coach Cabrera were having difficulty communicating with the refs and, and getting uh, integrity out of their officiating. Uh, what do you I, mean integrity? Um, it just seemed like there was a lot of confusion on... Why some like inconsistency in calls and, and, and even with the substitution that uh, they almost uh, put in for your uh, yeah. Your I, nod. I look to, to be fair, like Mike, the full official, it was a it was a mistake from him, and he held his hands up. Um, look, it is what it is, isn't it? I'm not going to get myself in trouble, get myself a fine. You know, I think everyone can see, especially the decision right at the death there with McCall. It was a penalty. She's got two stud marks down, you know, uh, uh, her leg. Um, but the referee, for whatever reason, didn't give the decision. That's her opinion, so we have to respect that. Um, I actually thought she's done okay first half. I think that decision with Steph McCaffrey right at the start of the half, um, I think that sort of affected her performance in the second half. But um, as I say, look, if things happen, people are human, they make mistakes, and you know, I can vouch for that. <laughs> so like, I've got no qualms. It's a difficult job being being a, an official. So you know, we just, we just have to respect their decisions and. We have to get on with it. How is Denise's fitness level in transition with the Breakers right now? Yeah, she's getting there. Um, of course, she had two weeks without club training when, when her contract expired at Bayern while we was getting her visa. Um, you know, the, the biggest learning curve for me is how quick the game is out here, especially transition-wise. And, um, you know, it's going to take her time to bed in and settle in. But I felt against New York, she come off the bench and done okay. You know, we had to bring her on sooner than what we anticipated with obviously Christie's injury. Um, and I felt tonight we got a sort of good 60, 65 minutes under our belt, which will put her in good stead going forward and over the next few games. Uh, Coach, you wrote a, an open letter to yep. the fans for the 
I just wanted to thank you all because um, two reasons. One, obviously I was disappointed with the way we played at New York, especially when we went 2-0 down. Um, but the support that I've had since I've been here personally from the supporters and you know from, from the club has been has been fantastic. And my message was that you know we will turn our season round. You know, and I think you can see in our recent performances that, and even the ones before, you know, we're, we're starting to pick points up. You know, the whole point was to let them know that we are determined to turn our season round and we want to climb the league table. And I just wanted to thank everyone for their their support and patience with, with this process that I'm going through at the moment because it is I've never been involved in a league like it you know from a transition point of view sometimes it's like watching a game of tennis the ball's there and it's there and it's there and you know that, that's been probably one of my biggest learning curves you don't until you're in it you don't, you don't know you know with trying to turn your season around uh, I mean your position on the table leading into the mid part of the season um, are you going to be looking to making significant changes in your game plan or is it just uh Stay, uh, keep track and, and know that it's going to work? I don't necessarily think our game plans haven't worked. You know, we've just lacked um, at times a little belief, I think, um, especially in the final third where we've got, we've created some real good goal scoring opportunities and we've either snatched it or we've, you know, not just been composed with the finish. Um, but Coming into this job, I knew it would be tough. Coming into a new country and a new league, f for me, was always going to be be difficult. You know, I'm, I'm not. I want to win things. I'm not here just to make numbers up. And you know, wherever I've been, I've I've, I've got a good track record of doing that. Um, so you know, from my perspective, all I can ask for the players is to to do what you know I ask them to do on the pitch. And I think tonight we've done that. I think we frustrated Washington. Um, especially how quickly they go from back to front, and I think that worked for us. Um, but the big thing for the players is just to believe now. We, we've, we've at times outplayed some of the so-called best teams in the country um, for periods of games, but for me it's the consistency thing and, and doing it from the first whistle to the last whistle and you know, just being honest. And, and I can't fault the group for that, if I'm honest. And, and, and I know as we go we're going to get better, we're going to get stronger. Um, and we'll climb the table. Uh, what changes defensively did you make uh, going from the first game of the season to this game again? the Spirit to help better contain the Spirit's offense? Um, we've had to adapt as we've gone. You know, obviously, we, we've gone from a 4-3-3 to a 5-3-2 or 3-5-2, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I think out here it's important to try and dominate the central area of the pitch because of, of the transition and I felt at times in the 4 2 3 1 we were too open. Um, I feel in this system where we're not as open, we can contain them a little bit better. But it also prevents team playing for us centrally. So, you know, that's something that we, you know, we've identified and, you know, um, and it's worked for us so far. Coach, Chris Lone is always an interesting part of an equation to solve. You went into this with a specific game plan to contain her, or did it all come out of the formation? Um, we don't really single any players out. Of course, there's, there's players that are going to be dangerous. I think if you show someone too much respect, then you know, th then they're going to probably get the upper hand on you. We had a plan for, for Crystal. She's difficult to mark because she can play off both feet. Look at the assist for the goal for, for Loman against Portland. You know, she's under pressure. She's cutting and whips it in with her left foot. Uh, and Joe got on the end of it. So... 
we, we, we had a plan, um, but we didn't pay too much attention to that. We just went into a little bit of detail with, with Molly and with Cassie out on that side and the screening midfield player just to try and contain and stop her getting at us. And I think it worked quite well for us tonight. Um, so let's. I, I need a couple of comments from you on the officiating because you were definitely uh, concerned. No, I, I'm, I'm the worst as far as yelling at officials. Um, <laughs> it ends up getting the other coach yelling at him, and it was just. Yeah, it, it's not. There's no place for it. So and I apologize to everybody for any comments that I made. But it just gets it just gets frustrating as part of the competitive nature of, of me as a person, and uh, it shouldn't come out that way. I'm trying to get better at it. Very well. Uh, Crystal Dunn's had 19 shots this season, only four of them on target. I know it's difficult to to be worried about a player that that mm-hmm. well, but um, are you wondering at all where? Uh, where that accuracy is going to come and when she's going to start being a potent striker? Uh, no, I'm not wondering it's going to come. Um, I can't tell you when. I can't tell her when. I just, uh, I think as long as she continues to impact the game, and um, which she does, I think uh, the first, most of the first half, she was the reason we were getting chances in the box was because she was getting the end line and, and putting them in a lot of pressure in the wide areas. And then uh, you know, we had a spell where we started going away. In both halves, we started doing things that are not, how we want to play, uh, looking to go direct and playing balls in the air. And um, I think everybody kind of gets a little bit frustrated and tries a little bit too much in, on their own. So um, she's an important part of the team, and I think it's going to come at some point. And uh, I'm sure she's frustrated, uh, just as every player out the field tonight was frustrated because we felt like we created enough chances to get three points. It's been three weeks. Um, was there any rust that you saw, or... Even even further, do you think it's possible that uh, any players have gotten in their own head that that long coming out the Portland game? Uh, I don't think there was rust or people getting in their head. I think it's just you, we lost our rhythm. Um, we, you know, not having a game and uh, and then having national team players go and come back in, and it was just it, it just wasn't uh, the same kind of chemistry and the same in sync uh, play that we'd had um, the previous six games. Uh, well, I thought it was times it was good in the second half as well. I think it just we just were not patient. It's something we addressed at halftime. Um, we felt like we needed to be a little more patient and, and play quicker and keep it on the floor. And um, when we did do that, I thought we looked like the team that we think we are and the, and the way that we can play and be successful. But um, I think everybody gets a little anxious and, and wants to kind of do a little too much or, or impact the game individually. And then we start to get a little bit off track. And part of that is three weeks off. And part of it is, you know, you're playing on the road against a team, you know, in Boston that was was desperate for a win, and they've got some good players as well. And uh, you know, it's, it's it's difficult to get results in this league. Uh, was having Diana Mathis not suit up? Was that just she was tired from like Canada giving her a rest? Or well, we have we have other players like Franny who have been working very hard and um, deserve the chance to play. And and I think I was I was a little half concerned about the number of minutes that she played, uh, and I want to do what's best for her. Um, Moving forward, but also what's best for the club. I mean, she she joined us here. She hadn't been with us for for a couple of weeks, and uh, you know, those, also those players. It was pretty you know mentally straining uh, environment to be in, playing big games at home uh, against Brazil. And uh, but it was it wasn't specifically for her. It was that was the best decision for the team. And uh, if we weren't going to start her, we've got other players who are um, you know maybe a little bit more suited to coming off the bench. And you know, it, it's always difficult to. Tell a player, especially a player of that caliber, that you know you're not you're not rostered, but 
you know, she, she understands. And, you know, we've got, we're fortunate. We've got 19 players that are all capable of starting in this league and, and playing in this league. And, you know, Kelsey Weiss is a good example of that. I mean, um, you know, we, she's done great in training and deserves a chance to play. Do you think, how do you think the, you know, the spirit are fortunate enough to play on the grass at the Plex? You know, how does trying to transition to turf um, affect getting used to ball movement and stuff like that? Like, how long do you think it takes to... Yeah, you know, it's always a fine balance. Uh, you want to train on turf, you know, at least a couple of times before you play on turf. But then you're, you know, the pounding that the, that the bodies take, um, training on turf is, is the negative to that. So, I mean, we had, we trained one day on turf on, uh, on Wednesday. And it, we had a, it was just a freaky day for weather. It was like all of a sudden it got cold and windy and rain and it was almost felt like sleet. Uh, so it was, it was a really off day. And it was one of those things like even the trip here, there was little things that were just off. And it, it just kind of, it, you know, it didn't snowball, but it just like, it just kept these little, little things that, that just kept, kept us out of our rhythm. And, um, you know, the turf is part of it. Everyone's got to play on it. And, you know, it, it, it sometimes it helps the home team that, they're used to the surface, but you know how does it affect them over the course of the season having to train on it all the time? So I mean, we're we're extremely fortunate. We have, I think, the best training environments, best stadiums in the league, and uh, the Soccerplex does a great job of maintaining those fields and making sure that we have the best grass fields to train on. And I think it's going to pay dividends later in the season. You know, obviously you have a, a week of practice to evaluate players, but would you? Is there anything from today's game that may inform uh, your game plan? Uh, or at least personnel decisions going into... No, I always like to watch, you know, give it 24 hours to digest it and get the emotion out of the game and then uh, and watch it on, on video and um, and then you got to watch your next opponent um, over the weekend and so we really, we don't really get a game plan in place until Tuesday and, um, you know, the players get a couple of days to kind of refresh and uh, regenerate and, you know, I don't, I don't think there's anything that I could say from this game right now that I would take out of it. I, I'd always like to kind of give it some time to, to simmer and then watch it on, on tape and then you get a real good handle on uh, what you can do moving forward to improve as a, as a team and then you look at the next opponent and see what best suits their strengths and weaknesses. I think the mo- what the more, one of the more notable things about both of those interviews is anybody that watched the stream knows that these coaches were very verbal to the referee, especially Coach Cabrera, about how some of the officiating went on during the match. And for both coaches to sort of humbly admit that maybe they were out of line, some of it was unnecessary, um, I think uh, speaks volumes to their maturity. And they're, you know, what it showing how emotional one can get during the game and then how quickly it can just become objective afterwards. So, Spirit fans, I know what you want. You don't want me to to run my mouth about... uh... Okay, well, I know what you really want. You want Spirit player interviews. I know that because each and every time that I have a Spirit player on the show, uh, the hits and listens on those episodes spike over uh, the more traditional episodes, which is awesome because that means you're really into your team and it means that I get to talk. I'm more motivated to talk to the players um, and and feature them here on the podcast. So today I will uh, today we'll feature Estelle Johnson and then on Friday night or Saturday morning, depending on if I get another uh, another person on the podcast, I'll be uh, Tori Huster's interview will be 
uh, posted then. So uh, here's Estelle Johnson. Enjoy. Okay, Spirit fans, this week I have Spirit Defender Estelle Johnson on the show. Estelle, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, my pleasure. You have been with the Spirit since 2015, uh, and uh, you have been playing in women's soccer uh, as far back as 2010, originally playing with the Philadelphia Independents that were part of the uh, the WPS League. Uh, let's let's first get uh, a little feeling on just sort of the 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 climate and the environment in women's soccer. I mean, you you entered a league shortly before it it folded and then got brought back into the NWSL. We're fourth season strong, and it's it seems like this is the trend that it's that it may be here to stay. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean. With the WPS, I think the fan base was kind of the issue. You know, we hadn't had a league around for a little while, so um, it's kind of it's hard to get things started when it hasn't been around for a while. But I think we're going pretty solid right now, and, I mean, some of the amount of fans that some of these teams are getting is amazing. Um, so we're all really hopeful that it'll stick around. What do you think – I'm going to ask you two factors that I think have played into the growth and popularity in women's soccer. You let me know from your perspective how you think they fit. The first being, obviously, the World Cup from 2015. Granted, the, the women have re- always been good internationally, but it seemed like the 2015 one really sparked people's interests. Right. No, you, we could definitely feel a difference. Even while they were at the World Cup, we could feel a difference. So much support coming from that they've generated just from being so good. Um, I think especially the U.S., but obviously we have other players from other countries that are also amazing. Um, but it's just it sparks so much excitement for people to come watch women's soccer, and especially when when we have those international players or the U.S. national team players in with us for games and stuff. Like the excitement is off the charts. So. It's definitely played a huge role. And then the second contributor that I think, and and granted, I'll admit that I wasn't around in women's soccer back in the WPS League, so this is merely speculation, but I feel like social media has really played into it in allowing the fans to become more aware of the sport in general and to engage with the players more. How do you feel about that? Yeah, for sure. I think since 2010, obviously, social media has blown up. And I think that it's just been exciting. Like, the fans get to know us on a more personal level by what we tweet or what we Instagram. Like, I think Joanna is a really good example of that. She's built such a brand for herself through social media. And people love getting to know the players. So it's definitely been a, a big factor in the popularity of the sport. For some of the fans that maybe be less familiar with Estelle Johnson, let's go back to your childhood and how you got introduced to soccer. Did you just have an interest in it and you started playing, but someone recommended to you? How did you get into the sport? Well, I come from a really big family. I'm one of ten, um, the eighth born, so one of the youngest. And every single one of my siblings played soccer as their first sport. For whatever reason, I don't know what, but um, I was the only one that 
well, the first one that stuck with it. Um, so I think I was just kind of pushed into it maybe. I like to run. I like I had a lot of energy, so I think my parents were just like, hey, your siblings have done it. You probably want to be better than them, so you should try it too. <laughs> and then at what point in – your life, and I imagine this may have happened in college. When did you when did you have a feeling you could play pro? When did you when did that be a realization for you? Um, I honestly had no idea if I was good enough. I vaguely remember entering the draft. <laughs> like this is such a weird story. I I remember entering the draft because at that point it was just you put your name in your university. That's all. That's all it asked of you. And so I'm not sure what it is now, but I was just like, hey, I would like to keep playing. I have no idea if I'll get drafted or what will happen, but a, a teammate of mine, we were planning on going to uh, different pro tryouts, but I figured I might as well enter the draft and see what happened. I definitely not did not expect to get drafted, but it worked out. <laughs> Has it been – when when the WPS folded, how confident were you that you'd continue playing professional soccer? Uh, it was a huge bummer. But I, at that point, I played on like a little summer league, and I played in Australia, and I kind of had a good feeling that I was kind of good at this. <laughs> so I had, <laughs> I had aspirations to continue to play but maybe just not in the U.S. So I have a handful of questions for you regarding your chemistry with the team and and how you get along with the teammates and such. But one thing I want to talk to you about, and this is actually the only mention uh, of this that I really have on any of my outlets because I think this is the only place that's really appropriate. You're playing Orlando this weekend, and it's, it's the first game that the Pride will play after the tragedy. With the NWSL having so many outwardly gay players, how does that amplify the significance and the emotion going into playing a team that's coming from a tragedy that happened like that in their home city? I mean, I can imagine for for those girls it's been extremely hard to focus this week, but um, we just have so much support of people in general in this league, whether you're gay or straight, we we ha- we support each other. So I think that other than maybe trying to get focused for them, I think they know how lucky they are to play in this league. We know how lucky we are to have them in this league and to have them safe. So I'm sure there will be some emotions out there, but at the end of the day, it's just another game, and we're just excited to see them for the first time this season, and um, we're happy that everybody's safe. And our hearts go out to those who are not so fortunate. Yeah, absolutely. Going into the X and O's side of it, uh, Orlando has been sneaky good this season. Um, You know, we haven't seen a minute from Estelle Johnson yet, but I know that you're preparing every week uh, for when you get that chance to debut. How, How are you looking at Orlando? If you were to get the nod from Coach Gabera, uh, what are some things you'd be keeping in mind when handling the Orlando offense? Yeah, um, I will come out and say I don't think they're sneaky good. I think they're just good. Like we've seen them, we've seen them play 
obviously, in the past couple weeks, and they're just a solid, solid squad. So um, I'm not going to let them creep up on us. But I don't know. They obviously have a lot of power up front, most of which have been in the league for three or four years at least. So we have a couple ideas on how to handle those certain players. But they're going to bring the heat, I can tell you that. What has been has coach has coach Cabrera? Um, um, what is what has been what is so far his uh, game plan approach to uh, this weekend game? I know you guys have only had well one or two practices even this week, but um, where does his emphasis seem to be as far as what the uh, what the back line will be focusing on? Well, we primarily each week focus more on ourselves than we do on the other team. Obviously, there you you have to prepare for each team individually, but at this point in the week, we're just focusing on ourselves and bouncing back from maybe not our best performance of the season. So I, right now we're just focused on getting our stuff straight, and we'll talk about Orlando later in the week. Gotcha. What are you personally doing um, to to make yourself a more competitive player? What are you focusing on in your own training and conditioning? Um, I think this season – um, because my role has changed so much from last season. Last season I played and started almost every single game of the season. So my transition to not stepping on the field yet has been a difficult one for sure, but I think it's built up my mental game more than I could have imagined. It's more of I go out there to training and I'm competing about over I'm competing with myself rather than with other players. So um, the mentality, the change in uh, my mental part of the game has has been what's keeping me going, I guess. Coach Cabrera has mentioned in the past when I spoke to him about how starting lineup uh, to any sort of any player speaks just so well of the players that actually do make the starting lineup, that the, 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 um, the amount of talent that's on this squad is so high uh, and that it's a good problem to have for him to have to make such difficult decisions. You know, what what has it been like working with the back line that is uh, starting week to week, and what are you learning from them? Um, a lot. I think that being being able to sit back and watch, we always call each other the center back union, because uh, we just, we're all on the same page mentally, physically. We're all doing the same thing during practice, so when game time comes, they're always looking to me for advice. I'm always willing to give it because when you're in the game, it's hard to see certain things. But um, watching on from the sideline, I think I think they look to me to give them that extra advice as to what they can change. But like you said, we have such talented players on this team. It it really is. I for Jim, I mean, it has to be such a hard hard thing for him to do. We just have so much talent, and every player brings something different. Um, so, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. The Let's talk about your, your chemistry uh, with the players themselves. Uh, I think we all know the answer to this if we listened to Joanna Loman's interview last week. But um, which which player, which teammate do you feel like you are, you're closest to on the team? <laughs> um, Joe, <laughs> we – spend a lot of time with each other out off of the field as well, so I think that probably helps. But I'm I'm close with a lot of players. I'm really close with Christine Nairn and Crystal Den as well. So 
um, we've all just been really good influences on each other and making building friendships, not just teammates. I, I assume that you go dancing with Joe on, on the weekends then. <laughs> I do. I will say she has a bit more energy than I do and more than most people do, but I try to keep up as often as I can. <laughs> is she is she out dancing everybody even after playing ninety minutes of football? Absolutely. That's wow. what that's what that's blows incredible. my mind about her. She's just the energizer bunny. She's box to box for ninety minutes and then she's out there just dancing until everyone gives up. <laughs> I can just it's it's I can just see her going out there to to and closing whatever club that she goes that Absolutely. goes out to. Absolutely. She's that person. <laughs> she had a hard time answering this question, I think, and I think it's I guess not a hard time. I think she was humbled in her answer. And I'd like to get a uh as someone who's close to her and that's played with her for a couple years now, I'd like to get your perspective uh, Joe's playing amazing this season, even better than she did last season, uh, I believe. Have you noticed a difference in the way she conditions and the way she practices, her mentality, or is she just on it this year? Um, no, I think she's always been like that person that's going to grind and work hard every single day. Uh, I think that she's just perfected certain things that maybe last year she wasn't as good at, but she's just been killing it. I think the work ethic is unmatched and her passion for the game is outrageous. So I'm really happy for how successful she's been this season. I feel, I feel something in my heart every time she scores. So I hope she keeps it going. Who do you believe has been an unsung hero of this season? Someone that's maybe not getting uh, the mentions in the game recaps or getting the, the, the highlights, reels, or anything, but it's definitely been a huge contributor to the team? Hmm, that's a really good question. I feel like someone who comes off the bench, who has been a force to deal with, is a Steffi Bonini. And hmm. she's she's the same. She's grinding every single day in practice. Some days when we play 5v5, she has, like, more goals than the other teams combined. So she's a force to deal with. Um, obviously, the language barrier is something that is a little bit hard, but, I mean, she's just been killing it. So shout out to Steffi. I'm going to ask you a, a team-themed question, a similar one that I asked uh, Kelly Farkerson, um when I interviewed her. If, uh, if the Washington Spirit... Uh, got stranded on an island. Who is the who? Who's the first one to step up and try to keep everybody calm? <laughs> that is such a difficult question. To keep everybody calm, I would go with Allie Krieger. I think that was her answer too. Oh, really? <laughs> All right, Allie Krieger, keeping everybody calm. I like that. Yeah, she's just like nobody freak out. We're fine. Like. <laughs> Whenever we're freaking out, she's always the one to step up and be like, we need to chill, y'all. So I, would, I think that's a solid answer. I'll go I'll go with Krieger. Who, who's the first one to start trying to build a raft? Definitely Nairn. She thinks she can do it all. So <laughs> I'm sure she'd be like, guys, I got this. I got it. Regardless of whether she really does have it, <laughs> she would be the first one to get her foot in there. Uh, and who... Who's the first one to start hunting for food? See, 
I should have switched up my answer because I'm going to go with Naren because she loves to eat. <laughs> so so I guess the question is, is Naren then, is she going to start building a raft or is she looking for food first? Yeah, that's a really good question. She's definitely <laughs> going for the food first. You've got to... You got to get your body ready before you do any physical activity. <laughs> true. Going back to um going back to to this week, the game sold out, which is huge. Yeah. I can only imagine that uh you know you played plenty uh last season, you haven't got that opportunity uh, yet this season. Well, we mentioned there's plenty of talent on this team, and that includes yourself. And, you know, it would be of no surprise to anybody if Coach Cabrera gave Stella Johnson the nod for a starting position. Um, but how are you, you know, how are you handling those? Uh, like, are you going into the weekend with any expectations, or are you just ready? Are you Are you unsteady with anticipation? Like, how is that? week to week um, outside of just tr- uh, practicing to be ready, but mentally accepting whether maybe you're, maybe you will play, maybe you're not and how to be ready for that. Yeah. I mean, the anticipation is really hard to get prepared for. I think Shalina and May have been playing great. I expect that I will get an opportunity to play maybe not while they're both here, healthy, killing it. Um, but I, like I've told Jim, I'll tell him every day, every week, every minute, I'm ready to play, and I'm I'm not going to look back the second I get that opportunity. Wonderful. My last question for you is, do you have a favorite Spirit Squadron chant? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Because they're impossible not to hear. So clearly, I, I know that you hear them. I do. I... Okay, so you know defenders don't really get hyped up, right? Nobody notices the defenders, usually. <laughs> so I really like when they shout out the defense. I think they've they've come up with a couple different cheers personalized for Meg. So um, I like those. I like that when Shalina's all the, on the ball, they're yelling defender of the year, all that type of stuff. I love seeing the defenders getting shout-outs, so I'll go with that. Very cool. Estelle Johnson, it was uh, a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. We're following you on Twitter, at Estelle Johnson, and we're very excited when the moment comes to watch you play for the Washington Spirit this season. Thank you, Tim. Thank you.